Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast brought to you by Mile High Sports. Thanks for listening. My name is Sean Drotar. With me today is Doug Ottawill. We've heard him on the uh, the podcast before, editor-in-chief of Mile High Sports Magazine. How are you doing, Doug? Not too bad huh? on this uh, All-Star Tuesday, no, Wednesday. Yeah, All-Star, well, you can't, you're saying like weekend for NBA or something. Actually, but it's, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. My days are all All-Star Tuesday. Yeah. That's weird. Well, All-Star break. That's why sure. we don't put a too, too much of a, an emphasis on the when. All-star break. And uh, thanks to Tap 14, we're having an opportunity to come to you today and talk about that, uh, talk about the Red Hot Rockies and where they'll go. Tap 14, downtown 1920 Blake Street, just a catty corner of Coors Field at the home plate entrance. 70 Colorado beers, 100 distilled Colorado spirits, terrific food, and a magnificent rooftop beer garden with some of the best views downtown. Uh, you've heard me talk about it before. It's my place to go before the game, after the game. Don't judge me you'd, you'd feel the same way if you went there too check them out at tap14.com spell it out tap14.com doug the rockies came into the all-star break winners of 13 out of 16 they find themselves just a handful of games out of both the nl west lead and the wild card and they finished with trevor story winning nl player of the weeks so both story and ian desmond have actually been hot story has just been absolutely electric what have you seen in these last couple weeks that you think is sustainable for the team coming out of the break well I think you know what is and isn't sustainable per guy is kind of uh is kind of tricky to assess especially with this team and this franchise really I mean we've seen especially with pitching you know you're gonna have your ups and downs but what I would say is this is that baseball is a game of averages and the averages over 162 games always tend to to play out and I think at the beginning of the season, you looked at this roster and you said, this is a good pitching staff, it's got a good bullpen, and it's definitely a good hitting team. And I think that because of the lumps that this team took early, you're going to see that those things are going to average out. Ian Desmond is not a bad baseball player. He had struggles early. He didn't get to play the position all of last year, whether that was injury or experimentation or whatever. Now he's finally getting to do that. I think you're starting to see him settle in. Can you count on that? Can you count on him being great? No, but I think you can count on him being better than terrible, which is what he was at the beginning of the season. Trevor Story, same thing. Tons of strikeouts at the beginning of the season. Looks like he's changed his approach. Is he going to be great the rest of the season just because he was player of the, of the week? Probably not, but I think he's going to be a really good player. And I think those are the kind of things you can count on. I mean, the things that – that make me concerned are, you know, is Brian Shaw going to bounce back to form? Is Wade Davis going to hit a wall kind of like we saw last year at the closer position? Um, is John Gray going to just find some level of consistency? I, those are things that I think you don't know. But I think what you can count on is that the beginning of the year is a good team. I think over 162 games, it will prove out to be a good team. And I think those are really good points. And when you talk about the, maybe the many ways, the older the player, the better you have, I'm guessing the average is going to work out. So Ian Desmond, whose batting average hovers in the in the 260s, probably or hopefully isn't going to finish in the 220s. So you think he can maybe get that up there. Uh, a bad start when you're halfway through, maybe it doesn't get all the way up to, say, right. 268 or something. But, you know, hovering between 250 and 260 for the rest of the way, you could probably live with that. And that's, I think, reasons 
reason to be optimistic for Shaw and for Davis because they have a long track record, and it seems like they will eventually re- sort of return to the mean as it is for their level of ability. But the two guys, other guys that you mentioned, are interesting. John Gray and Trevor Story. We'll start with the the last one. Story, who has really matured in the last six weeks or so, changed his approach, had an opportunity to basically go back to his his high school coach, and and a guy that's been with him for a while, and kind of slow down the swing, something that we've recommended. Getting the bat on the ball is important. Story's a strong guy. I I think he needs to understand if you get enough contact on it, they're going to go out. You don't need to try to hit home runs, especially at Coors Field. The doubles, the triples, those are all just as good. So I think in Story's case, you see a guy that is slowing down his, his swing, he's slowing down his approach, and that's allowing him to get the bat on the ball, which eventually leads to higher batting averages, because we've talked about this before in the podcast, both with you and with, with other hosts. I do it on the morning show at Mile High Sports Radio as well, and the catch about a strikeout is it's a completely empty out. You have 27 per game. It's completely empty. There is nothing the strikeout can game you. You can even, if there's a guy in first, you could have a four-bounced ball to the first baseman. And that was still a beneficial play in some way. You've at least advanced the runner and getting out as opposed to the strikeout. So Story's approach is going to benefit not only him, but the team. And I think you've done it. So finding out where he sits on average, I don't know if we know, because he's still in that spot, unlike uh, a, a Charlie Blackman, who had a, a kind of a off a three or four weeks and then got back in the groove. Those guys, the longer you've seen them, the more they'll return to what you expect on average. But a guy like Trevor Story, a guy like John Gray, well, they're still hopefully getting better. So we don't know where their ceiling necessarily is. In Gray's case, gets packed from his demotion to the minor uh, minor leagues down in AAA Albuquerque. Uh, the idea wasn't necessarily to rush him back, but injuries, uh, blisters that seem to have gone through the rocky starting rotation all of a sudden uh, caused uh, the necessity for Gray to come back. And he looked fantastic, as good as he's looked certainly this year. And one of the better games I think he's pitched, when you look at pitch by pitch and selection there, what you saw I think was better sequencing, where someone like John Gray is so skilled that over the course of his baseball career, whether it's high school or or college or what have you, even early years with the Rockies, he's been able to get by just by being a better athlete than the other guys. And now everyone can hit you. Everyone can hit Max Scherzer if they have a pretty good idea of what's coming. So they can certainly hit John Gray. What I saw was a better approach towards his pitch sequencing, making sure he's focusing with every pitch, being there with purpose. And if he pitches like that, I think it can become the the pitcher that the Rockies wanted him to be. Do you think he had enough time in AAA to learn that lesson? Well, I don't know. And I I think that you're taking a very – interesting look at it from a tactical approach what did he learn in terms of pitch sequence and uh you know the type of pitches he should be thrown and when and all those things i look at it uh and i'm actually more encouraged in this aspect that when you demote a guy there's one of two things that can happen he can bounce back either because he mentally starts to figure out or he gets mad and says i'm not a guy that can be demoted and he bounces back or a guy that's not mentally strong can crumble and he can say, Oh man, this is it that I've been sent down to triple a. And he didn't do that. And I think that John Gray is a guy that, and to be, I think it's fair to ask the question. I don't know that we knew which way he would bounce out. I think that's entirely fair. We saw how he's pitched when he's had uh, early troubles in games. And and a lot of the time, look, it's, it's been a collapse. It's been a disaster. Yeah. I, I mean, Mental toughness has not necessarily been the mark of John Gray. Athletic ability and the ability to, to to fan guys. I mean, he can do all those things, but he's shown more than once in his career that adversity is not necessarily his friend. And when you get demoted, 
I don't care who you are, what level you've been at. That's adversity. You've got to give yourself a real gut check. And he bounced back. And I thought that that was a very, very good sign. Now, obviously, consistency and doing that on the other side of the all-star break, that's a more important sign. But but the fact that he did and that he didn't come out and look low confidence and all of that, I think was great. As we record this on Tuesday, the All-Star Game is tonight. The Rockies have uh, three participants, four if you count Bud Black. The manager of the Rockies is on the managing staff for the National League. But Nolan Arenado starts, Charlie Blackman returns, and Trevor Story makes his debut as an All-Star. And I think all three are deserved. There are there's some folks around town that believe that the Rockies are shortchanged. I, I'm not one of them. But is is there maybe somebody like an Adam Montavino or something like that who you think got quote unquote snubbed? I think you can't have it both ways. I mean, I would say that over the course of history, there's been plenty of Rockies that have been snubbed when they've had good seasons. Guys that didn't make the All Star team, definitely guys that aren't voted onto the All Star team by the fans, um, that have been overlooked or have been undervalued based on that they play at Coors Field. I think that happens all the time. So I think when you have a year like this and you've got an Adam Adovino who could probably make the argument could be an all-star but doesn't make it, yet you have a guy like Charlie Blackman who really wasn't necessarily playing at an all-star level, does make it on his reputation, I think you have to take the good with the bad. And I think if you're a Rockies fan, you can say, look, at the very least, the organization and players within the organization are starting to get respect. I mean, Nolan Arenado is going to make the all-star team no matter what because he's Nolan Arenado now. He's not just a Colorado Rocky with inflated numbers. Charlie Blackman's the same thing. I mean, Charlie Blackman did not have what and, – and he would be a guy that would say this first and foremost. He did not have a, a start of the season like he wanted to. But his reputation as a very, very good player precedes him. And I think that that's, that's, that's what you want as a Rockies fan. You, you know – Every once in a while, you're going to get somebody that gets snubbed. But I think for the most part, people are starting to look at the organization as credible. I think that's a really good way of putting it, and less about who makes the all-star team, more about how many guys make the all-star mm-hmm. team. And because how many years teams were, were they just, just get one? And, and yeah. the Rockies look, but they've turned it around. But they are really just a little bit over 500. They are still in third place in their own division. You have a third place team that's barely hovering over 500. They have three all-stars. Yeah, that's not that. It's not that bad at all. And there's been a lot of years where the Rockies get the obligatory one, and, and that. And I remember I went to Kansas City for the All Star game, and and it was, it was uh, Cargo, I believe, wasn't necessarily having a great year, but you know, you and, have to and, bring somebody. That's the I'll, rule. I also think that the Rockies have helped themselves recently because they've actually produced in All Star games. They've shown out. They've played well. Well, even if it's in the home run derby like last year, got guys that get hits and hits in the game, make plays in the game. I can remember a lot of all-star games where you get that one guy that's your all-star and he goes 0 for 2. And it's kind of like, well, of course no one thinks of the Rockies because they don't do anything when they when they get the chance. Of course, it's a lot harder when you're facing Justin Verlanders true. and Chris Sales and yeah. those guys. And that's it's very a little true. easier to go 0 for 2 when, you, when you're going with those guys and you don't even get to see them twice. So that's a, that's a tricky part of it too. But it is a fun break. The Rockies have really been very strong coming into the break. They'll have an opportunity to come out and really put some pressure on the NL West immediately. We'll talk about that a little bit later next week. But but when you look at the All-Star break and you look where the Rockies are right now, I think there's confidence. But are you a little bit concerned that maybe the break came at the wrong time for the Rockies and cooled them off? A little bit like the, uh, the, the delay before the World Series in 2007. I mean, I think so. But, you know, 
maybe it gives their bullpen a chance to get fresh. Maybe it gives their starting rotation a chance to get fresh. I think you can play that game and, and it's definitely, they're a red hot team right now. No question. But you know, if they go out and lose or lose two or three in the first series, is it because they cooled off or is it because they went to Arizona? I mean, I don't know. You know, you like to ride the momentum, and I think they are playing very, very good baseball right now. But I think Bud Black's a good enough manager to sort of summon that and or, you know, do what he needs to do to kind of get them back in that same place. Um, whereas I don't I don't think that, and not that it really ever applied, but I don't think a guy like Walt Weiss could do that. I think Bud Black is a guy who can say, look, remember what we were doing these last 16 games where they won 13 and let's keep doing it. I don't think that midseason – I really, I kind of joked about the, the break before the World Series in 07. Now, that was a team that was red hot beyond belief inexplicably. And had a, a ridiculous gap too. So yeah. you really had a lot working against you. That gap was enormous, and plus the way they were winning was uh, – and people hate it when I say it, but this is just the truth. The, the way they won in Rocktober in many ways was fluky, and it's fluky in the fact that teams just don't go on those kind of runs 21, at any point. Yeah, 21 of 22 is unbelievable. 13 out of 16 is darn good, and I don't think they're going to keep that pace up, but I don't think they do either. In the World Series, they – they literally lost that, and it's not even maybe so much your team as much as who you're facing. You're if you're an opponent of a team that's won 21 to 22, and they're the story in sports. Even your opponents have to have in the back of their head what what is going on here? What are we going up against in the middle of summer? I don't know that the rest of the the majors is paying attention to the Rockies won 13 out of 16. Yeah, they're playing really well, but I don't think it's the kind of the kind of heat check that will you know determine that they and break that will deter them from being good the rest of the season i think it's a good baseball team and i think that will that will prove out over time will they go 13 out of the next 16 i highly doubt it but i don't necessarily know that that means that they've cooled off and the truth is that they don't necessarily have to if they can continue to good win point. series after series you take two or three here take two or three here if you have an occasional sweep that's great and maybe here and there you're playing a good road team and you drop a series that's okay but what they've been doing is on pace. It'll be fascinating to see where they go from there. He is Doug Ottawa, man, uh, editor-in-chief pardon me, of Mile High Sports Magazine. You can follow him on Twitter at D Ottawa, And, of course, you can read uh, everything in the magazine that Doug writes and uh, on the web also. He takes a little time on Sunday nights to uh, give you a little bit of a primer for the week. So make sure you check that out at milehighsports.com. My name is Sean Drotar, and you can catch me otherwise besides hosting this on the mornings of Mile High Sports Radio with my radio partners Nate Lundy and TJ Carpenter, 7 to 9 a.m. Mountain Time. For all those that are in other time zones listening, one, thank you, and two, yes, the mountain time zone is real. I know nobody ever talks about it, but it's real. But if you want to skip all of that, you can always Always grab the free Mile High Sports app for whatever device you have. You can listen to it either live there or you can listen to those programs on demand. Everything we do down at Mile High Sports, the podcast, the radio, everything. Got it all for you right there on that app, so check that out. Want to thank our sponsors at Tap14, tap14.com, best rooftop beer garden in Denver. Believe me, check it out for yourself, though, and you won't even have to. Tap14.com, spell that out, tap14.com. For Doug, I'm Sean. We'll be back at it on Thursday. We'll have an opportunity to break down the Rocky second half of the season as it begins. So thank you for listening. We'll catch you a little bit later in the week. This has been the Blake Street Irregulars on Mile High Sports.